0: Hi, I'm Thomas. Welcome to the Parachute Advice Podcast. My life has taken a lot of twists and turns, and on this podcast, I will dive into those experiences. The goal is to help everyone listening learn from my experiences and hopefully avoid some of the mistakes I've made. Welcome to today's episode of the Parachute Advice Podcast. I'm your host, Thomas. We have been discussing dieting and weight loss for a while now, and have only briefly touched on one of the hardest parts, how to navigate dining out. First off, I'm going to recommend that if you're very new to this journey, avoid dining out for at least a month or two when you start. Again, I may be the only person to say this, but I was lucky I started this weight loss journey and then the COVID shutdown hit. The first three months of my weight loss plan was pre-COVID. During that time period, I would still grab food before a basketball game with friends. And truth be told, it was a pain to do this. There were so many questions. How much was I eating? What was in the food I was eating? What was the calorie count? Was it healthy? Did it fit my plan? The result? I was frustrated at times, either because I would see stalls in my weight loss or feel forced to weigh under-eat or order things that I did not want to eat in an effort to better manage calories. Then the COVID shutdown hit, and I went nearly four months not eating out. By that point, I was so proud of the gains I had made, I did not feel resentment about limiting what I ate when I went out. I was eager to find the healthiest item on the menu. The second benefit of waiting for a period of time was that by that point, I had been measuring and weighing so much food that estimating what I was served was much easier. As a result, I would recommend very highly you just don't go out for a period of time focus on your plan. I know it seems tough, but trust me, a few months of not eating out to feel and look amazing in 6, 12, or 18 months will be well worth it. A secret I will share is if you just lay low for a period of time and focus on your plan, after that period of time, mentally you will feel amazing. And man, the compliments you'll get when people notice your weight loss will be fantastic. So now that we've covered all of that, here we go. The first big trip out to eat at a restaurant. First off, if you can control where you and the people you are going out with go, then do that. Find places that make it easier on you. This means research, look at menus, go on apps like Yelp and see if there are actual pictures of the food. Do everything you can to figure out what you will eat and what is in the food. As a former chef, I will tell you now, if you make something at home and cook with a tablespoon of butter, we probably put three or four in it. That is why your food always tastes so much better when you're out. We are not cooking for health unless that's the restaurant's model. We are cooking for taste because taste brings you back. Salt is another item if you are concerned about it. Watch what you eat. We always use way more salt than you think. Truthfully, you are likely under seasoning at home compared to the restaurant. Okay, now we've found the place that we're going to eat. Now let's pick the meal. Are you going to be drinking alcohol? Are you going to want an appetizer? A dessert maybe? Plan for all of that. Is this a special occasion where we are deviating from the plan or not? Do you want to try and limit calories the day of, or days leading up to the trip to account for the extra calories? All of these questions should be in your head. This is not to say starve yourself leading up to the day, but if your diet each day fluctuates between 14 and 1,600 calories a day, maybe try to keep the few days before and after to 14 or 1,300 calories so your weekly numbers are not as impacted by going out. When picking items, look for items that are easier to understand. For example, a nice roasted salmon filet with vegetables and a starch will be much easier to enter into your diet plan than something complex with crazy ingredients and sauces. But be careful, those vegetables are probably loaded with fat, and so is the starch on your plate. I always pre-plan my meal and go as far as entering a shell of it in a Pal prior to going out. I may need to adjust the portion size, or not eat the whole plate. Both are okay, but I had a basic plan and committed to that plan by entering the basic information in my tracking app ahead of time. Most important is going in with a plan. If you do plan to go above on calories, try and maximize things. What do I mean by this? Well, have you been craving pizza or a big bowl of pasta? Then let's steer the plans to that so you can kill a craving and enjoy a night out with friends and family at the same time. My friends have been very understanding of what I'm doing and check with me about things. I was just at a friend's house and he knew I was watching what I ate and not drinking calories so we had bottled water in the cooler with the beer. My birthday last year we did a huge order of Chicago deep dish because I was craving pizza and wanted to try the new deep dish place. Knowing I would be off plan for my birthday either way, I might as well kill the craving, try the new restaurant and celebrate with friends all at once. But at the end of the day, it is just one day and a long journey so even if you blow the plan out of the water. Don't let this derail your big picture plan. And more importantly, don't feel guilty or punish yourself. Just say, hey, it was a great day and I overdid it, but now I'm back to my plan. So now you're there and you're ordering your meal. Feel free to politely make requests, but understand there will still likely be too much fat in your meal. But maybe you get a salad appetizer and request the dressing on the side or no sauce on your protein you're having. One evening, I went out and ordered seared salmon with roasted vegetables and mashed potatoes. I asked to not have the sauce on the salmon. I then just assumed the mashed potatoes were loaded with butter. When I say the mashed potatoes you ordered are loaded with fat, trust me. The restaurant I worked at, we would put 4-5 to pounds of butter into a 25-pound batch of mashed potatoes, plus a gallon or more of heavy cream. That's why they tasted amazing. One of the most famous chefs in the world, Chef Robichon, is known for his mashed potatoes that are nearly a one-to-one ratio of fat to potato. When we sauteed your vegetables or spinach, there's a good chance we use several tablespoons of olive oil and finished with a tablespoon or two of butter. So your 100-calorie vegetable has another two to 300 calories of fat on them. But man, they taste amazing, don't they? Another thing is, if possible, don't drink your calories. I live in Wisconsin, and there's nothing better than a nice Wisconsin old-fashioned with dinner. First off, just to be clear, our version of the old-fashioned here in Wisconsin is the best. It's nothing like that fancy cocktail you're going to get in New York or L.A. We use brandy and usually a splash of lemon-lime or 50-50 soda, but I digress. My point is, one of those is probably 200 calories, so one or two of those and you've blown dinner out of the water. Now add in your Friday night fish fry or your baked fish if you're trying to be smart about calories and you've blown your dinner out of the water. Another thing to remember, though, is enjoy your time out. Eat slowly and talk with everyone you're with. Make the meal last and savor every bite. I just heard a guest on the American Glutton podcast discuss advice he got that would be great here. Set your fork down between bites. It lets you savor the meal. Some people call this mindful eating. I'm fairly indifferent to that concept, but it certainly helps. This helps in several ways. You feel full on less food and won't overeat by racing to finish dinner, which is something I've always struggled with. Second is, I think it makes the whole experience more enjoyable. You're getting back to what I think made eating out special, the whole process and occasion. Learn your body and your appetite too. I just went out with some friends for an evening where I knew I would have two beers and then be headed home. I could have eaten before, but I knew no matter what, I would want food after having those two beers, so I might as well save dinner for after. If you are worried you don't want to have that happy hour drink on an empty stomach, find something low-calorie and enjoyable to have as a snack first. I really enjoy rice cakes, so I might have one of those or a few crackers before happy hour. Another option is a low-calorie granola or protein bar. I recently found Epic Protein Bars. They're basically big beef jerky bars, but man, the sriracha chicken is one satisfying 100 calories. Another is the 50-calorie Jack Links Beef Jerky. These are a bit more processed, but still another great option. At the end of the day, the key is planning. Plan your day, your week, and the meal. Let's talk about food options in greater detail at restaurants. Don't hesitate to order from the non-meal portion of the menu. For example, get a side salad and ask if you can have chicken or salmon added to it. I was just at a great restaurant in Northern Wisconsin that offered fire roasted vegetables and the option to add chicken, salmon, steak, or tofu. And to be honest, the food was amazing. A bit more oil was used than I would have at home with the vegetables, but they were great and the portion of chicken was just right. Look at the appetizer menu and maybe order one or two items that will make a meal, similar to having tapas. Think outside the box too. What do I mean? I just stopped on a motorcycle ride for lunch and the restaurant offered a vegetarian and vegan taco option using jackfruit. I opted for the vegan option, leaving the cheese off. I estimate that this saved me 50 to 100 calories for each taco. As a result, I had a great meal of jackfruit tacos with pineapple salsa for a lot less calories than it would have been if it had been chicken or beef topped with all the normal stuff like cheese and sour cream. Now let's talk about beer. I love good beer. I also love high volumes of beer from time to time. These two are not great for a diet. Again, I can't reinforce this enough. Don't drink your calories. But if you're going to have a beer, have a plan and understand the impact. Is it a social event where you're going to be having multiple beers while mingling will happen? Drink slowly and add in water, or another option is very low-calorie beers, like MGD-64, which means for every 1-miller light I'd normally drink, you could have 1.5 MGD-64s. Or if you're interested in salsas, White Claw has an excellent low-calorie option that are only 70 calories a can. Even their regular ones are only 100 calories. Here's another option. I was just at a work happy hour at a distillery, and everyone was getting high-end cocktails, loaded with sugar and added ingredients. As much as I wanted one of those, I opted for a simple vodka seltzer. Still great, allowed me to enjoy the happy hour, but minimize the calories. So now comes a question I struggled with for a while. How do I figure out calories for craft beer? Well, I found a formula that seems to work pretty well. You take the ABV and multiply it by 2.5, and then multiply that by the ounces of beer you're drinking. Keep in mind this is just an estimate. Look at a Rattler or fruit slushy beer which has more carbohydrates than alcohol, so it will come up as a low-calorie beer based on the formula, but I can assure you it's not. A great example is the brand Stiegel Grapefruit Rattler. ABV is 2.5%, so a 16-ounce can would be 100 calories based on the ABV formula. But because it has fruit juice, these are 180 per can. This is where the idea of not trying to consume right up to your calorie count per day is key. If you do and you're just off by 10%, let's say 200 calories for the day, that difference could be the difference between gaining or losing weight over the course of the week. So we have successfully planned, we know what we are gonna eat, where we're gonna do it, and what we'll drink and how much. Now comes the key, relax and enjoy yourself. Make an effort to not overindulge, but it might happen. If it does, be honest, log it, track it, and then get back on your plan the next day. As I've mentioned repeatedly, one or two bad days will not ruin a six, 12, or 18 month plan but giving up over a bad day will undo all that hard work. I know, I've done that. And now for today's question of the day. One question or comment I often get when people hear about my weight loss is, did I do keto? As I've mentioned in the podcast, my entire plan was built around low calorie, low fat, and using intermittent fasting to limit the window of time I ate. But no, I didn't do keto. I don't really have an opinion on keto personally, I have friends who've had huge benefits from it. A lot of people out there have a lot of success on it. In some ways, I think it's a pretty easy plan to follow. You're guided by one basic rule to avoid carbohydrates. It's easy when you go out. Order the burger and don't eat the bun. Get the wrap, but have lettuce instead of a tortilla. Order breakfast, but don't eat the toast and hash browns. I think those are all great concepts, And it's obviously a great way to eliminate calories from your diet. I mean, a burger bun is 160 to 200 plus calories sometimes, depending on how big it is or what it's made of. So just by deleting that from your dinner, you've saved calories there. Skipping the fries, another carbohydrate you're avoiding, and additional calories. Where I struggled with it, and one of the reasons I personally avoided it was, when I looked at keto, all I could think about was man. I can just eat all the fatty meat I want. Now that I've been through this diet plan for 20 plus months, I realize I would have never been successful. And I, and I kind of realized that right from the beginning. Fatty meat is not low calorie. If you go on keto and you eat a steak for breakfast, two pounds of bacon for lunch, and a couple burgers with cheese for dinner, you're not going to lose weight. That's not to say keto won't help you lose weight but you have to do it right. That's one of the reasons I personally avoided it and never did it. I think it's very similar to a coworker I had once who went on a vegan diet and lost a ton of weight. And when I asked him, why was he vegan? He said the reason he was, wasn't a moral issue or a health issue or a religious issue. It was because by following the vegan principles, it so drastically limited the options of what he could eat when he dined out That he was forced to eat healthy. It worked for him. He had huge success on it. And I applaud him for finding a plan that worked to lose weight. Again, I think that works similar to how keto works. If you follow the rules, you do it correctly and monitor calories, you'll be successful. But at the end of the day, there is only one principle that causes you to lose weight. Eat less calories than your body needs and you will lose weight. Whether it's through keto, vegetarian, vegan, low fat, any one of those, if done right, will help you lose weight. Thank you for listening and I look forward to you joining me for future episodes of the Parachute Advice Podcast. You can contact me at parachuteadvicepodcast at gmail.com. That's all one word, podcast at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at parachuteadvice. Thank you for listening, and please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.